Brothers and sisters, friends and comrades, this is the PRC Show. I am your host, Paul Cooley, and thank you for listening. I have my son here, and he wants me not to do the show right now. Hey, give me Grover, please. It's 2017, and my toddler is excited about the new year. He has a birthday coming up, as do we all this year, right? How's the uh, resolutions going? How is the... What I want you to do is say, Happy New Year, into the microphone. Say, Happy New Year. Anyways, how are those resolutions going? Are you guys, like, doing them, eating better, eating kale, you know, not eating the bacon, not doing the butter, um, just fruits and vegetables? I'm going to still try to do vegan again in um, February. We'll see. Hey, today on the show... We're going to talk about the books we read in 2016 that we liked. They didn't necessarily come out in 2016, but that's with um, Frederica. And wait a second. I'm trying to do a show here, buddy. This is one of the reasons why it's been more difficult to crank these shows up. Ooh, nobody likes that sound. Hey, go get Bunny for me. Bring him up here. Bring. Mmm, someone's favorite words? No. Um. All right. Anyways, no, not much of a monologue this time. Let's get right to the books. We'll do a musical break. You want me to do uh, talk more monologue, Paul? No. What do you want me to do? Okay. I was thinking about Trump being the president, and uh, one of my resolutions is to go as many protests as I possibly can and show up and uh, participate in democracy as much as I can. Yes, I'm upset by Trump. I'm sorry. You were for Clinton, weren't you? You're annoying, Paul. Anyways. Um, can you go get me Pirate Bear? No. Can you say something other than no? Go get me the giraffe. Get giraffe and Grover and bring them up here. No? What if we just, uh... There you go. That's a piece of paper. Anyways. I'm going to play a musical break here is a song by Stars called Take Me to the Riot. I think we need to have more uh, protests and rioting. I thought this song was appropriate. And uh, enjoy this song, then we'll get back to Frederica and me talking about the books we read in 2016. You're just a whiner. Why don't you say something funny? Can you say something funny? Let's count. One, two, three.
Okay, so we're going to talk about the books that we read that we liked for 2016. I got Frederica here, a voracious reader in the studio. Frederica, how are you doing? I'm doing good. How was 2016? Well, I think everyone's going to be happy when this year's over. Oh, I had a pretty good... Well, it was a rough year in some ways, and then the end of the year kind of had... Well, anyway, so you're a big reader. Okay. Not as big as I used to be. Well, why is that? I got a lot more commitments in my life now okay but let me ask you something and i don't you want me to talk about the books i like don't you why don't you say your books first and then i'll say my books oh god this is just going to be a list show people believe me i'm not going to let frederica take over this episode want to hear about books let's just do a list of books the top 10 we're each actually going to talk about four books that we like not a top 10 not a top five we're going to do the top four books that we read of 2016 now here's the thing I read this book by Margaret Atwood. Has anyone ever heard of Margaret Atwood? What do you yes. know about her? I just know that she's a famous author. That's what people know. Um, she wrote this famous book. I know my mom likes her. I don't even know if it's famous. called The, uh, the uh, Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. That was pretty big. I read a book that you, um, Frederica's um, aunt and uncle bought me. <clears throat> Excuse me for that burp. It was called The Robber Brides. It had a very lovely cover. It was a big 500-page book that um, we got for Christmas when I lived in Pittsburgh. This was like 2009. And you know what? I said, I'm not going to read this book. But I read it this year, and I loved it. And here's what the book's about. Excuse me, I got some burps going on. The book is about four women, three women who are, are friends, loosely friends, um... But they all have a common 
friendship and a relationship with this woman named Xenia, who kind of destroys their lives. Here's the thing. When I say that's the plot of the book, it sounds not that great. But once you get into Margaret Atwood's writing, and this is, I have a bone to pick with you. She is a fantastic writer. The way she describes things, the, ter- the phrases, um, the non-cliches, um, the character background of all these. It's almost like three short stories with this main character interwoven in and then at the end there's a kind of climax action sequence that's probably going too far but what i also love she's a canadian writer um i felt like i was up in the lakes around toronto do you know about the lakes in toronto like lake ontario no inter the toronto is a city in canada it's one of the bigger cities i've been there several times and then there's like there's a lake there it's on a lake or something. Yeah, There's like some islands. There's like some islands that people live on. The islands. I'm sorry. Are I you sure you don't mean the Thousand Islands? Yeah, maybe. Like around Kingston area? It's people live on these islands in the book, and I just thought that was neat because it took the ferry. The three characters, though, here they are. Um, One is a professor who's really into history. She, This Xenia character basically ends up sleeping with all the... Don't there's this has got to be a non-spoiler. She, well, podcast. it's you know what? If you, you want people to read the book, you can't give away the. This book is low on plot in a way, but okay. Actually, here's the plot. This is actually a very good teaser. So these three women are out to lunch. This happens early on in the book, and they all they're like, "Oh, that Xenia, I'm glad they they." It starts off with they're at her funeral. They're like, "Oh, we hated her. She was a terrible person." Um, but whatever, she's dead, so be it. So then they're out, then they go, this is several months later, they meet for the little lunch, they're at a restaurant, and then somebody walks into the restaurant, it's like, wait a second, is that Xenia? Oh my, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Whoa. Is that Xenia? What? What what is going on here? What is going on? And so, like, right away, you're like, what in the hell? And all of them have, like, commiserated with each other, and have just like, this woman hate her but they were friends though they had a very you know it's it's these are not um i remember when you were reading this you liked it and told me how much you liked it uh, yeah but okay so the plot introduction is very good but the writing is very good and you know what i did i have this obsession sometimes or i i have a purchasing problem i went out and i bought like three of her books it didn't hurt that I ran into one of my co-workers who's Canadian that loves Margaret Atwood and she's like oh my god she's a national treasure I read every one of her books you need to read this this and this she won the Booker Prize for the assassin the blind assassin which I bought that by the way I buy all my books used so I didn't pay full price go to the local used bookstore I bought The Handmaid's Tale then I saw like a really cheap five dollar collection of essays by her because I just liked her writing but I'll tell you what you're not going to like about her if you do a deep dive into Margaret Atwood. She is a horrible interview and a negative Nancy and a negative person. <laughs> She's very hard to interview. And I listened to two podcasts with her talking. It was very annoying. It made me not like her. However, her writing's great. Just I like her one on book. The books. And I did... Uh, she has good politics, too. So, this is... I'm going to turn to you now because one of the things I've noticed about you, Frederica, is... With all your reading, 
do you even like a good writer? Do you like somebody that like writes well and is um, poetic but clean? And or are you just like just give me an old dime store fiction or let me get a good old nonfiction that tells me like this happened and this was bad? I will say I do tend to prefer nonfiction, but I think I can appreciate a good fiction, such as one of them that I'm going to discuss. But later. are you a lover of literature? You, I think you, you know what? Not. I think that you love literature more than I do. But, and this is what bothers me about you, Frederica. You know what? This is maybe not the time or the place to get into Well, that. I just find that quite interesting because I'm not a good writer. I'm not someone. What do you do for a living? Do you write? At the, that's not for to be discussed on here. Okay, fair enough. Anyways... You have several books from 2016 that you have enjoyed, enjoyed immensely, or just thought, ho-hum, maybe. I still like them, and I think other people should read them. So that was the book that, um, that actually isn't my favorite book of the year. Ah, uh, might be. It's, it, I have, like, one and one A. Um, so I have, uh, we're each going to discuss four books. So tell me what one of the books you liked. Well, why don't we both discuss together why we liked Station Eleven? By Emily St. John Mandel. Okay, fine. I just talked about this book with a friend, and I said to him, if you think of this book as a sci-fi book, it might not be the best sci-fi book you read, although it is a good book. Yeah. But I, th what I like most about this book, and I'll have you set up the premise okay. and all that stuff, is that it's, to me, it's a move, it's a book about, I said, almost said movie, because that's what it felt like, mm -hmm. nostalgia, memory, and appreciating things appreciating things and individuals and family and people in your life. But explain the premise of this book. So the premise of it is it is, uh, what, 15, 20 years after some type of disease wiped out much of civilization. And this is the survivors. It's like a quick flu that takes people out within right. like 10 hours. And so... This is sort of the survivors, and some of the main characters that they follow are in a troop of performers who go. They're Plays traveling, traveling performers that go um, around the Great Lakes and um, that area of the country. And I think that well, also set in Canada, so good segue right, from Toronto. Adwood. Actually, there's Toronto. Uh, yeah, they do this loop around the Great Lakes. Right. And what, how you just described it as like nostalgia and appreciation is um, appropriate. And I also sort of, because I was a little hesitant to read it at first when you were like, oh, it's like a, you know, futuristic dystopia, post-apocalyptic. I was kind of like, eh, but it's I sort of. It's the happiest dystopia it's, novel. Yeah, it is and, a and very. That's, that's not really true, but well, it's, it's very, not groom and it's, gruesome. It's not like the road. I sort of think of it as like the road, but with less darkness and a lot more beauty is how I would like explain it to people. Because it is in the like, you know, somewhat of a grim future, but it's just, it just doesn't feel, it doesn't have that like awfulness. And the. The characters are very rich, and every character, yeah. I think, there's no, like, main character, actually. Yeah, that's a good... In fact, 
this isn't giving anything away, but there's a character early on that starts out the book that's only really in the beginning and the end. And his story is great, but um, it kind of talks of, you know, it's very believable of what would happen yeah, yep. and society breaks down and then you have religious kooks type of deal. Yep. And you have this one group that travels around, as you said, and tries to um, just carry on and make a semblance of their life and play music and perform plays. But what is fantastic about the book is that it really isn't set in post-apocalyptic. There's a flash. They're flashing back and forth. It is 50% flashbacks from all these characters and what was going on. And the main character, I guess you could say, would be, and this isn't really giving anything away, but this character, Arthur, who dies at the beginning. He's an actor. Right. And how everything ties together from this uh, Everything ties together. That's also. Arthur. But it does it in a very... But not in the oh, like I hate a the word very, but um, very well done. Yeah, said it again. Very. And it's just one of those books that you just like think about for a long time after you finish it. Uh, are we giving the listeners a reason to read this book? Let's put a little more pl- plot on it. So there's a character named Arthur. Then there's he, kind of like a actor. Um, type of guy that gets everything very charismatic handsome but has some women issues and drinking issues does he have drinking issues i forget i forget but then he ends up dating this woman miranda right it's sort of is a lot of people in his orbit like his ex-wife and certain people who were it's not giving anything away to say that he died because that happens right away but like people who were with him on the night that he died and just like what happens to their lives um and, yeah and and so you go through this history of some of the characters because there's a lot of flashbacks the flashbacks isn't necessarily the right term because they, they, they she transitions well into like you'll start reading something and then you immediately know that this is oh, like this is this guy this is this guy and this, this. Is, and this is prior right. to the plague right and my friend didn't like it because he thought it was light on the science and like light on how this whole thing excuse me come on he thought it was light on that which um i, I didn't see that as being i necessary. countered to him i said have you ever read the mars trilogy with kim stanley robinson which was very very heavy on the science <laughs> and kind of light on the character development yeah and i think he actually kind of agreed with that like i don't need to know the mechanics of the plague or whatever yeah yeah so they have a little bit of a loose reason why people die but um it's just like the flu, you know, whatever. Like, yeah. we don't need to know. But but she's so good because you just immediately jump into it, it's some of these time, not time travel, but flashbacks. You start reading, you're like, wait, where am I again? Like, what, what, who is care? You like, no, it's before the plague. Because it'll just say, like, she's in New York City. She's trying, okay, this is, this is before the plague. She's meeting him or whatever. Um, okay, let's finish up wait, on this. Wait, let book. me just Any- say one more thing if we're going to finish up. It does sort of make you appreciate like civilization because when in in the post-apocalyptic times, the older people who remember are telling the younger people about things like, you know, cars, the museum. air there's conditioning. A, there's a guy that does a yeah. whole museum. Oh, about, yeah. He collects the cell phones, cell phones and he puts them right. all together. Like, and... yeah, you could just touch a button and cold air would come out and it was air conditioned. Yeah. And it was just yeah. like, and people were like, wow. And it is... um. You know, I just I read it in a weekend. Started on a Friday and like finished it's a it very, on Sunday. It's a very cl- uh, quick read. 
I um let me finish with this. This is just a uh, it's not really related to the information about the book. Uh, I had a patient that uh, she just had a issue, minor issue. She's healthy. I, I work as a nurse. So was in the ER, you know, as everyone knows. My loyal, my loyal listeners, thank you. And um, oh my God, how did this book come up? Um, oh God. Oh, here's how it came up. She said, "I said, oh, what do you do for a living?" She said she deals with. Um, what did Miranda do again? Um, wasn't she like a shipping or like logistics? She said, person? yeah, exactly. She goes, um, this is how my mind works. I haven't read this book in, I read it in the spring. The, my patient goes, oh, I deal with, um, high commodity logistics and shipping for steel. And I said, oh, that's very interesting. I bet you that's like, that could be stressful. Like if you don't get stuff on deadline, she's like, oh, it's very stressful, but can also be very exciting. And so I was just thinking about that, and I was like, I know, I have a friend that actually does logistics, and then the only other thing I know about logistics is this character, Miranda, <laughs> who was a very independent woman, and I don't want to say anything about this woman. She was, uh, I'm not doing any HIPAA violation here because I forget her name, but she was probably about my age, 35, maybe a little bit older. I didn't see a wedding ring on her, but she clearly loved her job, and I just thought of Miranda, the character, mm -hmm. and I said to her, because... I try to like make things um, light and make people's experience enjoyable in the ER, which usually never is because you're there for an emergency purpose or you're sick. I said, you know, you look like a character from a book that I read, <laughs> which I think is funny in the immediately because like, what does a character look like in a book? But I don't even think Miranda was described physically that much. And I said, and she goes, oh, um, what was that? What are you talking about? And I said, uh, well, there's this book I read called Station Eleven. And she's like, oh, I read that and I really liked it. I said, you remind me of Miranda. <laughs> and she goes, oh, what did she do? Something with like shipping? And I was like, yeah. And you're like logistics. And like, remember she, there was, there's like a scene with her. Um, I don't want to give anything away, but uh, she thought that was really funny. And and I, I said, oh, what other, do you like dystopian books? <laughs> And she goes, no, I heard about this book on Good Morning America. And I... Really? <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. She goes, I basically read everything they recommend. Oh. So I had no idea this was a Good Morning America... Uh, maybe Good Morning America or America Wake Up or whatever the hell they're called. <laughs> what are the other shows there? Um, I don't really know. Okay. So... What's your other books you like? You Now you do one. I just talked a lot. You, you talk. Um... So one of my other books would be um, American Heiress by Jeffrey Tubin, which is a, American Heiress. It's about Patty Hearst. Really, you like that, Patty Hearst? I thought it was really interesting. Symbian Lebanese, Symbianese Liberation Army. Liberation Army, and and they were basically they were a bunch of goofballs, basically, which I didn't really know till I read the book. Here's what I here's what I know about them. Left wing, but not really because they're all dum dums. They would say like Marxist stuff and Miles stuff, but they were just like picking quotes out of the air. Were they a bunch of rich kids? Um, not well. A charismatic leader it, that charismatic probably has sex leader, with all the women. Yep, bingo. Hey, um, we need to overthrow the government. And guess what? They're doing it in China. They're doing it in Vietnam. So we can do it here. The Black Panthers. What was your relationship with the Black Panthers? Well, they were sort of like not really in in didn't have ties to really any other like left wing they groups. weren't in the coalition because there's a lot of black uh or not black power groups left they, wing. they were sort of just like 
a dozen sure. people who literally a dozen do they have like a dozen tops like it was just not in california a, not around the country there was no like What's he, he kind of talks about how people got fooled by the name by calling it the symbionese liberation army that makes it sort of sound like it's a big group, but it's um, What's symbionese. It's I, nothing. It's nonsense. <laughs> I think of this. I, you know what I think of? What's the first thing you think of when you think of symbionese? Well, it's had something to do with like symbiotic or symbiosis. I think of Siamese cats. That's weird. Well, symbionese is alliteration. Go ahead. Uh, anyhow, I just it was like a really interesting book about something that I really had like heard about, but I didn't. Well, know. what did you? So what we know, Patty Hearst is a. The Hearst Corporation, big time, a right. lot of money, zillionaires, one percent, and she gets captured by them. Right, and then and then she joins them. She's like, you know what? They're right. They're cool. I'm down with her cause. So that's what everybody knows. And then you read this book and you find out that, well, so she she got kidnapped at like sort of a vulnerable time in her life. Like she sort of hated her fiance. So Jeffrey Tubin. Why did she hate out, her fiance? Well, he was kind of an asshole. Was it like a arranged marriage? She basically was dating this guy to, like, piss off her mother. And then it's sort of she decided that she didn't like him. she's super, super wealthy. Like, she has no perspective on she making toast. Is I don't know wealthy. how to make toast. Well, she was living just with him. She didn't have, like, a butler or something. So she might have made toast. She might have made toast. But um, she sort of doesn't know how to get out of the relationship. So she's sort of at, like, a bad time in her life. Then they kidnap her. And then she, yeah, and she's she, what twenty two. She was, I think, nineteen. Oh, she's very. Young. She was very young. She was a sophomore at Berkeley, and so she's very at an impressionable time, you might say. And then, so she does sort of decide to go along with them at least for a little bit, um, and then it goes all into the bank robberies. And why did she go along with them? What's the well, reason? What did she believe in? What What were they What were they selling that she was buying? Jeffrey Tubin sort of makes the case that she's hanging out with them. They're sort of telling her, like, your family doesn't care about you. You know, they're not torturing her or anything. That They're treating her. Well, with... she was locked in a closet at first. But, yeah, there wasn't really any, like, physical torture, you know. Um, and he sort of makes the point that, like, she did the logical thing. She sort of went along with, like, what she was surrounded by. Because then... When she does finally get caught. How many months later is that? Um, she was on the run for like a good year. How does the like federal government and like this rich dude say like, go kill those people. Take my, get my daughter back. Wait, I, I'm, I don't understand your question. How does she stay within that group? And how is it not like, I feel like that wouldn't happen today. I feel like if. Well, she had several opportunities to escape and she did not. Yeah. Well, I feel like if it was like a Warren Buffett or. Bill Gates' daughter. They were looking for her. I mean, FBI was looking for her. Yeah, no, I feel like, well, I guess today's era with social media, like, you wouldn't be able to hide. Well, that's what you would have thought back then, though, that she was, like, one of the most high-profile... They're in California, too. They were driving across the country. They were going all over the place. Um, And there was, like, she had several opportunities to escape. But so, anyhow, so he makes the case that she's sort of just doing the logical thing at every point. When she's with them, she's like... Oh, I'm with them. But then when she gets caught um, and she goes on trial and then she's basically like, yeah, I don't believe in that. Like, I'm I wasn't really part of that. But she just changed her mind at the end. She was a young person, though. We all do. But uh, well, he's not saying it in like a judgmental way. He's just like, 
she did like the logical thing at every point Mm -hmm. which is when you're with the Symbionese Liberation Army, you're like, yeah, I'll go with when it. When in Rome, there's like a question But when like you're this, caught goes, and then you're like when in on Rome, trial. Do what the Romans do. Yeah. And then when you're on trial, you're like, you know what? I want to go back to being an heiress and I want my old life back. This is how the, the expression, um, when with the Symbionese Liberation Army, <laughs> do what the Symbionese Libyan, what is it again? You know what? It's a good book. Okay. Um, now you do one. All right. Stop pressuring me. Hold on one second. Stoner by John Williams. This is a book about a professor and his life. And the plot isn't thick. It's a short book. I think it's 200 and some pages. But the writing is incredible. And it's a perfect book for a man that is in his 30s, that has a child, that is in a marriage, that things are... Why ever does it interest you? <laughs> that is, you know, that uh, that there's a struggle. There's there's some marital discord. Actually, you'll love your wife after you read this because this guy's wife's a real... Okay, so he... Um, what I liked about this book was it's just like a, a life of a, of a person that wasn't extraordinary but the writer makes it very interesting and it just moves along and you like it's his whole life till his death so like the book ends when he dies and you know he starts off as a farmer's kid and he's like working on the farm he has like no interest in like going to school or anything that and then some guy comes along from his uh school or something like hey you should go to college and his parents are like oh college would be good he goes there he like falls in love with, with literature at first he goes there for agriculture he's like you're a farmer you should go here the state of uh, i think it's kansas this will help your family become a better farmer because you'll know more about agriculture he falls in love with literature the professors see this he's very smart he's educated he avoids world war one one of his friends dies he marries this super don't tell everything in the whole it doesn't book. matter if i tell you because there's really not much of a plot <laughs> he marries this he married this it is, sounds like it's the guy's life yeah it is but he he marries this um he marries this uh, rich person's daughter. It's a, it's a dumb idea because it's very new. He's just attracted to her. It's awkward early on. She's like, oh, this is a mistake. But back in those days, we're talking prior too, to World War II. Too bad, we're buddy. Talking, so he's living 20s, 30s, 40s. So depression era, but he's got a safe job as a, as a professor. And uh, they have a child. Then he ends up this love affair, which is a beautiful. It's it's just a beautiful love affair with a with a student. Um, mm, but they're that's rel- kind of bad. Yeah, but you know what? You look at it and you think like they should have uh, they should have did it. But um, <laughs> it, it, it made sense. It made sense when you read it. Um, Who's the author again? John Williams. Okay. I can't recommend this book enough, but I would say you might reject it if you're eighteen. Okay. You can't read. How about this? You have to be 30 years old to read this book. (laughs) Once you hit 30, you will love this book because it just talks about like life. And um, this guy holds a lot in. He's not the greatest person, but he's a good person. And uh, you read this book. You read a. It's like, I don't know. What is it? 250 pages. And you felt like you just read like a thousand pages of a person's life. And yeah. It sounds good. Will you read it? I actually will consider it now. And 
because you're like, oh my god, how did this guy in like a paragraph just tell about a person's character? And I think I will read this book again. It hit me at the right time. I really loved it. Good. John William Stoner. Here's the thing. He wrote like three other books that I'm looking to read. Is have anyone has read Augustus? So he wrote a historical fiction about Augustus Caesar. Email the show at prcooley at gmail. Yeah, I'm done with the PR show. <laughs> prcooley at gmail.com. If you've read Augustus, email me at prcooley at gmail.com. Or he wrote another book called Butcher's Crossing. This is a book you may have heard of, Butcher's Crossing. I think I've heard of that. This is a larger book. It's about two cowboys heading west. It's a um, western set around that time, too. I think that's... And I think they're all different, but... uh stoner read it okay kate what's the other books um i would also add disrupted my misadventures in the startup bubble by dan lyons which is a true story about a man who is a middle-aged laid-off reporter who goes to work for a tech company and it is in some ways very hilarious because he's describing certain funny goofy things that this tech company does um that are just stupid and bizarre but funny he describes it in a funny way but it's also somewhat concerning because he sort of talks about like um the implications for the larger economy about all the um money that's being invested in companies that like basically sort of like do nothing and what does he say like they do with it and stuff well, he goes into um, a lot of detail about just sort of the whole economics of, like, um, a lot of tech companies that are just trying to, like, get a good um, initial public uh, offering with their stock and, like, make a lot of money on for the stock options so for the people who are... So you have to show are, something that's, like, well, you just have to show growth. be... Yeah, you just have to show growth, but, like, n- not necessarily, like, make any money. Theranos. Well... I don't. Were they a tech company? They're a blood medical yeah. company. It's a tech company, sort of. Well, I, I'm gonna have a whole show on okay. Theranos at some point. I okay. Fantasize about it, but okay. But um, it's good. It's um funny, but also serious. But you'll laugh out loud definitely in some parts. Like what? Like give you a tip. Okay, like this company. When someone gets fired, they'll be like, "Oh, so and so graduated," and it's like, "Wait, what?" Like. He got fired and they'd be like, he graduated. Why? It's just sort of like a little bit of like, um, but oh, isn't it about like bro, bro, white definitely culture? bro, Talk about that a little bit. frat. I think I heard this guy on the radio. Yeah. He was on fresh air. Um, yeah, definitely. Everyone's like 26. Definitely like a frat. frat and he's boy like 39. Oh, he's like 50 in his fifties. He's definitely twice their age. And, um, and does he like these people? He probably likes them and then it, doesn't. It sort of is a mixed bag. Like, he definitely has some good relationships. And I think it starts off, like, he comes in with, like, the right attitude. But then he sort of, like, learns some really hard lessons. And I don't want to give it away. Is there, away. like, people, like, in There's Silicon, a big twist at the end. Is there people in Silicon Valley that are, like, like in that show where it's, like... He's, oh, he's, the, a, he's a writer on Silicon Valley now. Well, there's, like, the Indian types, too, that migrate over here because their computer... Is there any of that in there, or...? Well, pretty much everyone at this particular company is white. Okay. So it was funny, lighthearted. Well, lighthearted at times, but definitely with a serious undertone, does, I would what, say. What's his major critique of like, does he, or does he have a critique of the, uh, 
does he have a critique of how this goes of the economy? Or it's a it- bubble is his major critique. It's a bubble and it's a racket in some ways because they're not doing anything that's like actually like they're just getting showered with money. Yes. Here's a bunch of young 20 year olds right. showered with money. You're smart. You're doing stuff. Create right. Something. Yes. That's a. Yeah. Any other thoughts? It's a quick read. Negative. Any negatives on it? I do not have any negatives. That's why I'm telling people to read it. Okay. My final selection for 2016. I have four books. This is this isn't going to be for everybody, guys. The ones I had was um, the Robert Bride by Margaret Atwood, John uh, Stoner by John Williams, and uh, Station Eleven by Emily Saint John Mandel. This fourth book is not a book for everybody, and I gotta say. I do like reading it. I've read it many times, many times. I'm probably saying 30 times. I'm going to say a line. Let's see if Frederica can spot the the book. This is one line. Oh, the wonderful things I could do if I were in the zoo. Oh, um, let me put you in the zoo. Wait, I forget the yes. title. Robert Lopshire. Yeah. Put me in the, the zoo. zoo. I have a under two-year-old that I have to read a lot of books to him. Some of them I just hate reading. They're boring and they're just, you gotta, whatever. The pictures are stupid. He doesn't like them. Put me in the zoo. I found it uh, Half Price Books. It is somehow, I'm going to use the word, corporatized by the cat in the hat because it like is in the same box like it's in the same like construction of a cat in the hat book it's like has a cat in the hat imprint on it it has the same almost it's like um, the feel it's the feel of it, but it's by this guy robert lipshire it has rhyming lyrics or, or words but um it's about this bear and he can move his spots Wait, i thought he was a cat a big cat no he's a bear he's a bear and he can move his spots and he can no i think he's like a leopardy lion thing can I tell you what, guys? I've read this book 30, <laughs> 40, maybe 50 times. It's a bear. He's a bear that has spots on him. And, you know, it's a great book. My kid loves it. I get enthusiastic about it. And well, that was cute. Now I, now mine's going to sound dumb at the end. No, I mean, I, I, have, an, I have a couple other books that I read, but I, I don't want to recommend them. I read The Seven Habits of Highly Successful People. Um what else did I read? I read uh, White Noise by uh, Don DeLillo. Um, I've read a couple other things, but um, for kids' books, I like this book. It's fun. He moves the spots all around. He puts them on people. It's my kid points out to them, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Notorious RBG. For Wait, if you need. The rapper. No, the Supreme Court Justice, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Oh, yeah, I've heard of her. In case people need some inspirational women to read about. Why? What? what well, now, what What was her position on... Uh, what's her biggest like thing? Like, equal rights for women and having women be seen as equal under the law. Okay, then. That's her big thing. So she is she, like, one of the more liberal judges on there, I guess? She is now. Um, Who appointed her? Bill Clinton. Mm-hmm. So she's like a 90... Is she an early Clinton? 90... 
I believe she was an early Clinton. And why did you like this book? Because it's very inspirational because she worked very, very hard. And she, it's sort of, I just felt like there's no shortcuts. She put in the work. She did the hard work. And it, it was inspiring to me. What was her, what was her like, um, background? She was just like, oh, the daughter um, of a She's from New York City. I forget which borough. I think Brooklyn. Um, Jewish family. And... <coughs> um, was had a very supportive husband who was also um, an attorney and I mean she just for her to be able to advance as far as she did in the, in the era in which she did to graduate from law school in that era there's like it was she was just one of a handful of women and she went on to Is like she like a charisma monster like how did she no she was fucking super hardworking and super smart. And that just like, you're that smart. People are just like, ooh, she only and has the she, right answer. And she worked really hard. She worked really, really hard. And she raised two children and had a husband. And so she's just a smart egg that just rised above the crap. It was very inspirational. I know I keep saying that. Well, I'm glad, it, you know, we need some inspiration. I, that's exactly why I read it. All right, there you go, folks. This is uh, Frederica's picks. Again, they are for 2016. You're going to recommend that people read. Just if you want to. Station you... 11. Okay. American Heiress by Jeffrey Tubin. About the. Uh... About Patty Hearst. Okay. What was my. Th- oh, Disrupted. One novel. Only one novel. Sorry. I read other novels, but they weren't. I'm talking about this has got to be the standouts. The top four. I did read other novels. I know. The top four. And Notorious RBG. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, Frederica, for uh, coming into the studio. I know it was a long trek for you tonight, and it was difficult. Um, Any other thoughts Um, about reading, writing, literature, nonfiction, anything you're reading currently? Thanks to all the listeners, and let's have a good 2017. Well, you might be back before 2017. Maybe, yeah. Maybe we'll we'll have some time in December. All right, thank you. Let's hear that exit music. What do you think of it right now? Can you hear it? No. It's playing. Just, it's playing underneath. You just can't hear it because I don't have it on. So just like pretend. What's your favorite part of it? Okay, it's playing right now. Pretend you hear it. All right, thank you. All right, thanks, guys.
Get off what? Daddy, get off.